Hello again, friends. Pastor Lowell here. We are on number 18 in our Return to Rome series, and we want to begin again with a prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you again for prophecy, which reveals to us the future. We believe we're living in the time of the future. We pray you'd continue to help us to understand and to be among your people ready for Jesus to come. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. This is section four of our Return to Rome series, No Competition, When Rome Leads the World Again. And we've been discussing this book written by Malachi Martin, a former Jesuit, a devout Catholic, that was published in 1990 entitled The Keys of This Blood. And we looked especially at the subtitle which says Pope John Paul II versus Russia and the West for Control of the New World Order. And this, in this particular large book, the author is describing three contenders for the first truly global New World Order our one-world government. And those three contenders were communism, that would be Russia, capitalism, the West, and of course Pope John Paul, a, the head of the Catholic Church. So there are the three contenders. Communism, capitalism, Catholicism. We have defined the first two. Communism, we understand, essentially takes away initiative because the state owns everything. So when you don't own it, you don't care for it, you become simply a servant or like a slave to the state. Everybody gets the same wage, so there's no incentive to work hard because you don't earn more or get higher positions or higher wages. That's communism. And then the second is capitalism, which is based on private enterprise, where Business is privately owned. Essentially, the principle of capitalism is you reap what you sow. Hard work results in profits. Now, of course, it's often abused, and people that are hardworking get rich. But it is based on freedom, the free market. We've defined communism. We've defined capitalism. Now, today, we want to move on to Catholicism. And we want to begin with a definition. This is actually from Wikipedia. <clears throat> Catholicism is the traditions and beliefs of Catholic churches. It refers to their theology, liturgy, morals, and spirituality. The term usually refers to churches, both Western and Eastern, that are in full communion with the Holy See. Now before I go any farther... I want to read a statement from the book Great Controversy. If you have the book, I would, if you don't have it, you should download a copy. But it's on page 565 that I'm reading from, where it says it is true that there are real Christians in the Roman Catholic communion or in the Roman Catholic Church. I like that sentence, don't you? There are many sincere people even in the Roman Catholic Church. So it says that. It is true that there are real Christians in the Roman Catholic communion. Thousands in that church are serving God according to the best light they have. 
God looks with pitying tenderness upon these souls, educated as they are in a faith that is delusive and unsatisfying. He will cause rays of light to penetrate the dense darkness that surrounds them. He will reveal to them the truth as it is in Jesus, and many will yet take their position with his people. End of quote. Now we understand his people, that's the Seventh-day Adventist Church. And that's why there is a message in Revelation 18 that calls people that are in Babylon, which is another symbol of the Church of Rome and her daughters, to come out of Babylon, come out of the mother church, the Church of Rome, and all her daughter churches that are following her same false doctrines, breaking the commandments, etc., So with that statement, let me return now to our definition of Catholicism. In medieval times, we could say during the Dark Ages, Catholicism determined all aspects of society. Political, you couldn't really rule, you couldn't be the king or the emperor or a leader without agreement or permission from Rome. So it determined political, financial, the states, kingdoms, countries had to pay a tax to the church during medieval times, religious, obedience to its laws and traditions, and even the private lives of individuals. You were required to attend mass and other church holidays. You were told what to believe and what not to believe. That was Catholicism during medieval times. This is Catholicism in its fullest sense. Complete regulation and control of every aspect of life in society. So we could really say that Catholicism, like communism, takes away both civil and religious freedom. And if you don't believe that, read the book Great Controversy. Read it again if you have read it. And remember that Rome is unchanged. The noon time of the papacy was the midnight of the world. There is a chapter in the book Great Controversy, it's chapter number 35, entitled Liberty of Conscience Threatened. I would encourage you to reread that chapter. On page 564 from that chapter, I read this, quote, The Constitution of the United States guarantees liberty of conscience. Nothing is dearer or more fundamental. End of quote. So liberty, freedom of religion, is the most fundamental freedom in America. Now, even though Rome talks about freedom of religion, all we have to do is look back to the time when Rome had complete control, and we understand that freedom of religion, as far as Rome is concerned, is the freedom for you to be a Roman Catholic. Anything else you were punished for. I'm reading now from the same book, Great Controversy, page 565. Says Bishop O'Connor, religious liberty is merely endured until the opposite can be carried into effect without peril to the Catholic world. The Archbishop of St. Louis once said, heresy and unbelief are crimes. And in Christian countries, as in Italy and Spain, for instance, where all the people are Catholics, and where the Catholic religion is an essential part of the law of the land, they are punished as other crimes. 
This essentially is Catholicism in its truest sense, where your freedoms, especially freedom of religion, is completely taken away. Reading on from the same book, Great Controversy, page 565, quote, Every cardinal, archbishop, and bishop in the Catholic Church takes an oath of allegiance to the Pope, in which occur the following words, heretics, I should mention a heretic as far as Roman Catholicism is concerned is essentially anyone who's not a Roman Catholic. But especially it's attributed to Protestants. So heretics, that would be Protestants. Schismatics, that would especially be applied to the Eastern Orthodox Church, the Orthodox. And rebels to our said Lord, the Pope, or his aforesaid successors, I will to my utmost persecute and oppose. End of quote. So that's the oath that every cardinal, archbishop, and bishop in the Catholic Church takes. Their oath of allegiance, that they will persecute those who are not in harmony with Rome. Now I'm going to go back one page to page 564, where it says, Let the restraints now imposed by secular governments be removed and Rome be reinstated in her former power and there would speedily be a revival of her tyranny and persecution. Now I'm reading page 565 and 566 which says this, quote, The Roman Church is far-reaching in her plans and modes of operation. She is employing every device to extend her influence and increase her power in preparation for a fierce and determined conflict to regain control of the world, to reestablish persecution, and to undo all that Protestantism has done. End of quote. That is exactly what Malachi Martin describes in the book The Keys of This Blood, a fierce, determined conflict to regain control of the world. He says this conflict is going to be between three contenders, Pope John Paul II, Catholicism, versus Russia, Communism, and the West, Capitalism, for who is going to control the New World Order. And Ellen White says Rome is putting forth a fierce and determined effort Conf determined conflict to regain control of the world. Reading from page 566, men are closing their eyes to the real character of Romanism, that's Catholicism, and the dangers to be apprehended from her supremacy. The people need to be aroused to resist the advances of this most dangerous foe to civil and religious liberty. End of quote. Great Controversy says that Romanism, Catholicism, is the most dangerous foe to civil and religious liberty. Reading now, same book, Great Controversy, page 571. The Roman Church now, now, 2020, now presents a fair front to the world, covering with apologies her record of horrible cruelties. She has clothed herself in Christ-like garments. When you look at Pope Francis, you think, wow, you know, this he, he's a wonderful person. And the church has got some wonderful goals. 
she says, Ellen White says, she has clothed herself in Christ-like garments, but she is unchanged. She is what? She is unchanged. Every principle I'm reading on, every principle of the papacy that existed in past ages exists today. The doctrines devised in the darkest ages are still held. Her spirit is no less cruel and despotic now than when she crushed out human liberty and slew the saints of the Most High. End of quote. That is Catholicism. So there you have, friend, the three contenders. Communism, capitalism, and Catholicism. Communism, well, we could essentially say communism is dead. In fact, I know communism is dead because I have in a can the last breath of communism. Somebody gave me this can that says the last breath of communism, where it's essentially a can of air. You understand that the communists, they had this slogan there in the USSR, we'll fight them until the last breath. So when communism died, some entrepreneur came up with the idea of canning air, just a can of air, with the title on the can, The Last Breath of Communism, because we're going to fight them to the last breath, but since communism is now dead, we got the last breath in a can. Somewhere in all my stuff, somebody gave me this can, so I have the last breath of communism. So we could say communism is dead. And we already showed last in our last lecture that Chinese communism is essentially authoritarian capitalism. So number one is out of the way. Communism is essentially not a contender for the New World Order. What about capitalism? Capitalism today, 2020, May, is sick with the coronavirus. Capitalism is in the ICU, the intensive care unit of the hospital, and may not survive the coronavirus. Tell me, what has the coronavirus done to capitalism? We're going to answer that question next time. Join me again next time as we look at what COVID-19 coronavirus has done to the global economy. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we recognize that there's only one of these three contenders that is posed to take control of the world. We pray that you would control our lives and that we would stand for you through the crisis at end time. Bless each of our listeners. To that end is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Pastor Lowell here saying to each of you, God be with you until we meet again.